You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. We're going to be wrapping up the AFC South. We've got the Texans and the Colts coming up. And we have got two fantastic guests. These guys were on the stream of last year. Unfortunately, I wasn't on that stream. So I do get to see him today, which is going to be awesome stuff. Let's bring them in now. And we've got Marvin and Jacob from the Dynasty Nerds. Good afternoon. How are you two? Doing well. I'm, I'm excited for this. I Shout out to you guys for setting this up. This is such a cool thing that you guys are doing in support of Mind Charity. Uh, but, you know, in, in addition to that, I'm just pumped to talk about f- fantasy football with you guys and, and reconnect with Jacob here. It's been a while, too. So, yeah, no, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk. It's been a while since I've talked to Dynasty on like a podcast or a live stream in a while. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. Can I just quickly jump in, Kev, before we start and say that it was a pers- it was a personal highlight of mine. Uh, the show that you two were on with me and Matt last year. Uh, I, it was one of my favorite hours that we've done. It was a, it was a personal highlight. So um, I'm glad that I'm back on with you guys. Thank you. And I think yeah. as well, the other reason it was a personal highlight is I wasn't here. <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say my two favorite wildcard hosts are actually here with us today so you know i'm glad you know that I, I got to jump on with you guys no i'm just kidding i love matt matt's great but uh, i'm pumped for this it's pretty funny because i can see matt in the lobby laughing his head off so that's uh, <laughs> that's, uh <laughs> he's definitely sat well with uh with matt so um yeah like i mentioned we've got the afc south wrapping them up the texans and the Colts. we're going to kick off with the texans uh, as normal we start at the qb spot so take it away ali yes we'll talk uh, some davis mills uh he avoided any added quarterback competition via the draft which was a surprise to some uh just want to get your guys thoughts on where does he sit with you guys in in dynasty is he is he really destined to become a backup quarterback or is he someone that you're actually interested in his current price is quarterback 22 on keep trade cut. Do you think he can be the, the long-term answer for the Texans or do you think he's destined to be to be a backup? I'll uh, go ahead and jump in. And I, I mean, I think he's an interesting starting QB for 2022. I will say the QB 22 spot's a very interesting one with uh, keep trade cut because I put some ahead of players like Brady, Tannehill, and even Matt Ryan. And then you even have other rookie QBs like Ritter or Willis that are behind him. I still don't think that you can necessarily trade him for those players, though. That's the hard thing because everybody sees him as a one-year player. Uh, so if I have him, I mean, I sort of like an idea of trying to go for like a 20, 23rd second for Mills because like early on in the season, maybe get an early tr- or a mid. But in general, I think you're stuck with him, to be honest. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree there. I'm, I, I was surprised as well to see guys like Ryan Tannehill behind him, uh, Jameis Winston, for example. I mean, looking at what he did last year, he had some some obviously solid games for fantasy purposes. But, uh, you know, from like when you look at completion percentage over expected it was only QB 20. So pretty average to below average. Um, and he only attempted the 23rd most air yards per attempt. So he wasn't throwing it downfield, but wasn't super accurate either. To me, he's more of a bridge quarterback. And, you know, you take a look at what the Texans have. I think they have two first round picks after that Deshaun Watson trade. And so that in 2023, I should say, um, and I think a couple more down the road here too. So they they have a lot of ammunition to find their their franchise quarterback. You have some good quarterbacks come in next year. And and with that, um, 
I think he's more of a bridge quarterback to me. So QB 22 feels a little high. Um, but, you know, I, I think I agree with Jacob there. If you can get like a second for him that might project in the early second of next year, I'll, I'd probably take it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right with you both. I think I do really like Davis Mills. I think he, he outperformed what I expected. Um, obviously, it helped with Watson doing what he did uh, but and giving him the opportunity. But QB 22, it's a little bit steep for me. The fact that they've got that ammo, the fact that they've got a new coach that didn't draft him um, in, in Lovey Smith. Um, I just, I always come back to the draft capital as well. If he was a first round QB, you'd feel a lot different to him. You probably put him right there with Mac Jones. I think he deserves to be in that tier with him. He performed as well as Mac Jones as a rookie or very close to. So yeah, it comes back to the draft capital, uh, as the main thing that that's going to hamper his job security. So yeah, I think I'd be, I'd be out him at that point. And there's some interesting guys beyond him, maybe a, a Tom Brady, Ali. Maybe, I mean, a one-year rental with elite production. I'd probably trade that off for the unknown of Davis Mills in 2023, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but again, like like they've mentioned, is I don't think you're going to get anybody that's going to trade your tra- Tom Brady and they're going to get Davis Mills out of the, tra- out of the trade. Even for, for one year, I think they're going to want something on top of that. So it's it's not a realistic one. But, but yeah, I think keep trade uh, the, the quarterback 22 is, is definitely a little bit high for me, bit, a bit rich. And just if you're thinking you've got Davis Mills on your roster and you're a bit scared about him, um, you mentioned a few guys going blow him. What would be the trade down from Davis Mills to one of those assets? Is there anyone that jumps out in particular below him that you think could maybe add something on to, uh, to your roster? So like going down and getting an extra pick, for example, is there anyone that stands out in particular? I mean, yeah, yeah. To, I'll I'll jump in here real quickly. I I think the two guys that stood out to me are Ryan Tannehill and and um, Jameis Winston. I think they're both question. They obviously a lot of these guys in that like twenty ish range. They have question marks. So you're not going to get a guy. You know, Tom Brady might be the best one for this year, but it's a short term rental potentially. I like him a lot because if if you're just going to talk about one year rental, you might as well get the guy that gives you elite production. Uh, but Jameis Winston could have the you know potential long term upside there in new orleans doesn't have that long-term deal yet but i think he has all the weapons around him right now to produce and um you know we haven't seen a full fully healthy Jameis winston in this offense yet and i'd love to see that him as a full-year starter and ryan Tannehill, i think in that offense will continue to do what he does he's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks here and so if you can get one of those guys uh plus um you know a pick i don't know it probably would have to be like a I mean, a third or a second. I don't know. That's the thing. Davis Mills to me doesn't have as much of an appeal where you could just trade down, um, you know, think about trading down there. So it's tough. But if you can get an additional piece with one of those quarterbacks um, further down, I'll, I'd absolutely do it. I'd even throw in like someone like Matt Ryan, who we're going to talk about mm-hmm. here in a little bit. Uh, I think it'd be an interesting move with a rebuilding team that has Matt Ryan. Just send Mills their way. They'd be like, yeah, he's young. Maybe you'll have something happen. And mm-hmm. like, Tannehill, Matt Ryan, players like that, yeah. Indeed, it's very, very interesting. And the fact that he's going, what, one spot behind Kirk Cousins, that makes me chuckle mm-hmm. a little bit as well, the fact that yeah. I've got a miles apart in, in mm-hmm. the rankings. But we'll we'll move on to the running back spot now with the Texans. Obviously, there's a few guys we could talk about. They've got loads of running backs in that uh, running back room. But I'm going to focus on Damian Pierce in particular. I'm going to play a, a bit of a hypothetical game and assume that he does hold off guys like Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, and he wins that starting job and he's the, the main man in town. Um, 
I, I'm a little bit lower on him personally, the fact that he's a, a day three guy. So I just want to know, at what point would you pivot from him being a day three running back? Um, when would it be in the season? It, would it be after the season? Would it be not all? What, what would you think would be a suitable trade to move off of Damian Pierce? And at what point in the, the timeline? Yeah, you know, I think for, for me, I agree with you, Kev, that I'm not super high on him. Um, in my process, he grades out as a 47th percentile running back um, over the last 10 years. RB11 in this class for me, and, and for all of the reasons that you just mentioned, you know, that he's um, in a great situation, but he's a day three running back, not early declare, wasn't super productive in college. And so I don't think he can necessarily, if he can hold off this, you know, the group of veterans in front of him, I don't know if he's going to be the guy there long term. Now, if he has a string of, of strong games there mid season, I would absolutely consider trading him. Um, and, and, Part of that is because of the the perceived value with him right now. I think there are a lot of people that love that landing spot. And I've seen him in some of my leagues go in the late first, early second, ahead of guys like Rashad White, David Bell, Wondell Robinson. And if you're going after day three running back, might as well go on go with a productive one like Isaiah Spiller, in my opinion. And, and um, so we've seen these day three running backs constantly get replaced. And you think about James Robinson, not necessarily, you know, undrafted, but um, they drafted another running back there. Um, shout out to to Matt here, um, Michael Carter, um, rest in peace, says <laughs> Dynasty Value, um, getting replaced by Brees Hall, right? So um, it, it happens all the time. And so don't overvalue the landing spot here. He might have some good games, but in a good running back class next year, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans find their franchise quarterback in the first or second round. I remember last year we just kept agreeing and agreeing and agreeing, and I'm going to have to agree again. I, I am. Yeah. Yep. Just, I mean, I was looking at the Texans' stats as a team, and they were the yeah. 32nd in fantasy points per game at the running back position last year. That was 14.4 for the whole position. And I really don't see him getting more than like a 50-50 split, so then he's touchdown dependent. So going back to what I said for Mills, 20-23 second, why not? Like if you can get that at any point in the season, do it. Because like what Marvin was just saying, like he could be dropped – not dropped, but he could be a backup at any time next year. Pretty easily, honestly. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on Pierce, Ali? Well, you was pretty high on him <laughs> pre-draft, wasn't you? Yeah, I was not not massively high, but he was in an area where I like where he landed and mm -hmm. just for the opportunity. And it's not necessarily for me to even want to start him, but the fact that he can get immediate work and then I can flip him so I've paid a mid-second round pick from this year i can hopefully flip him for a, a, sec a 2023 second round pick which is going to be more valuable um certainly someone that i'm not wanting to hold on to but but just with the with the thought that if he gets immediate production his value is going to go up and then i can look to sell him on yeah i think i'm even more um off of damien pierce i think if he got named the starter sort of end of august or september mm -hmm. i'd even move off him because i think when he hits the field i don't think it's going to be great the fact that he's a two down running back potentially on a, a bad team. Um, that's not a great recipe for, for fantasy success. So I'm probably mm -hmm. even, even lower on Pierce Pollard. Because, uh, I wouldn't have minded him on the Eagles, actually. But we'll, we'll move on swiftly to the uh, to the wide receiver room. And back to you, Ali. Yeah, so we're going to talk, talk about the veteran Brandon Cooks. And in your eyes, is he one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL? He just keeps producing every single year. So he's ranked down at wide receiver 47 at the minute on keep trade cut. Um, so that's the first part of the question. And the second part is I've got three guys. Who would you rather have in Dynasty? Who, these are all going in the same ballpark as, as Cooks. So you've got Brandon Cooks, 
or Christian Kirk? Which which of them two would you do you prefer? I would take Cooks personally. I think just the potential production there is just huge. Uh, he's a must-have on any contending team if you can. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I hate to agree again, but you know, um, <laughs> I, I I love Cooks. I think he's just been underrated every single year, um, and and he'll continue to be underrated, in my opinion. I don't think he's even that old either for dynasty purposes. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's had a couple more years there. And like we talked about, if they upgrade a quarterback next next year and he's still there, um, everyone's going to want to have him. So get him now, and honestly he'll be he'll have another 1000 yard season like he always does again this year yeah cooks is 28 right now so still a couple more years for sure mm-hmm. yeah so the second guy is, is an interesting one one that had a fantastic 2021 season hunter renfro so which, which would you rather renfro would you rather cooks because i think it's, that's quite interesting i'm still on cooks it is interesting it's more of a coin flip uh i'd say they're probably same tier for me in production in 2022 Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, ag- agreed. Once again, um, hopefully this <laughs> next one will will uh, have a different opinion. But I, I I think it's just for me. I think I love the value of of Cooks, and I think Renfro is a value as well. Um, but I, I think the potential volume here with with Cooks is uh, much higher than Renfro, and Renfro will have his opportunities. But Devonte Adams, Darren Waller, I think will be the two main options, and um, you know Josh Jacobs still pretty underrated in the passing game as well, and and. Um, yeah, I think Cooks could be the guy and just get a bunch of targets there and produce again this year. Yeah, but, and the final one is is Rondell Moore. Obviously, looked maybe a little bit better before the NFL draft with, with Marquise Brown going there. But are you guys going to agree on on this one as well? You know, we are Cooks. I mean, I'm <laughs> oh, not, yeah. oh, really? oh, we're not, we're oh, not. With the Hopkins suspension, I still want Cooks. Yeah. No, all right. So yeah, we'll we'll disagree here. I, I love Rondell Moore. I'm I'm like a Rondell Moore apologist. I think there's something about those smaller wide receivers that are super productive in college that I really like. I, mean, I don't know what it is. It's just you know Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Wandale Robinson this year. I I I like Rondell Moore and what he can bring to this offense. And I think you, last year you can kind of scrap whatever you had for him. You can't use his numbers as projection because he was used in such a unique way as that you know third fourth option there. Where I think this year he'll he'll probably have a more clear cut role um, with Christian Kirk gone and and yes they brought in Marquise Brown but DeAndre Hopkins um, you know he's he was hyper efficient last year and if he isn't as efficient he might not be as productive as we think he'll be which leaves more opportunities there with with um, especially the first was at seven eight games where he suspended for more to establish himself um, I just like um, what he could bring long term. And and I'm projecting here. I like his upside, obviously, where, where Cooks has great immediate upside, but long-term, I'd, I'd rather have more for dynasty purposes, at least. And I'll throw them questions back to you, Vanelli. First of all, is he the, is he the most <laughs> underrated wide receiver in the league? For yeah. Yeah, probably is, yeah. And what, who would you have then? Cooks, Kirk, Renfro, or Mar? Is he above those three? Yeah, he is for me. But, I mean, is it they're, they're in the same sort of tier, so... I can see a way where Christian Kirk has a decent season. I can see Hunter Renfro still being productive even with Devontae Adams there. And then Rondon Moore, again, he he could take the next step, be that slot guy. So, um, But I'd still take Cooks ahead of them just now. Uh, I agree. He is the most underrated wide receiver in Dynasty in my eyes. It actually takes me back a little bit of deja vu, a bit of nostalgia. I was on the Five Yard Dynasty podcast a couple of months ago and... Um, I touted Brandon Cooks as one of the most underrated players in, in Dynasty. 
uh, underrated wide receivers in Dynasty. And the, the host started asking me questions, Cooks or the other person. Uh, it was about 10 players, and all it was me doing was going, Cooks, Cooks, Cooks. <laughs> like, literally every player I named, what I was saying Cooks, and it was better players ranked higher than these three guys. So, big Cooks fan. Um, love the guy. Happy to pay any price for him. Not any price, but most prices. Uh, high seconds, um, seconds and thirds, things like that. I'd be happy to to delve in and get him. Uh, we're going to keep it at the wide receiver core. There is more wide receivers in in Houston than Cooks, unfortunately. But um, we've got John Metchie, the the new guy in the the rookie they drafted. You've got Nico Collins, the the guy who flashed a little bit last season as his uh, main competition for for targets. So really simple question between Metchie and Collins. Who do you think will have a better season in 2022? Yeah, I'll I'll jump here quickly. I think it's for me, it's it it'll just be Collins, just not because I don't like Mechie. If we're talking about the 2022 season with Mechie coming off, it was the ACL injury, right? And so he's still recovering from that. Um, I think it'll be a slower start for him uh to start the season. Um, and so I, I do think Nico Collins will kind of slide in there. And we saw upside with him last last year where he had some decent games had several opportunities is integrated in that offense and so for this year at least i think it's it's collins but i, I love john mechie long term the value he has in, in dynasty drafts right now um you know was honestly not too far behind uh when you look at what he did at alabama this past year and and he's pretty underrated in my opinion but until he gets healthy i still think um will eileen collins at least for this year I'm actually going to go with Mechie here, mainly just because I don't really know a whole lot about his ACL rehab and stuff. It said he said he'd be good by, I think it was like July, but you know, players mm-hmm. always be saying stuff. So it really depends on what you're hearing probably in August is what I'd say. But I'm still going to go with Mechie. I think, uh, am I correct, Marvin, in that he'll probably play more of the swap slot wide receiver role on this team out of these three wide receivers? Or do you think it'll go Cook still? Or what do you think? I think he's pretty versatile, so he could go either way. Um, yeah. I... I guess I don't know what uh, Cooks' slot rate was last year, but um, I think he'll just slot in wherever the other guys aren't, and he's pretty versatile in that sense, I think. Gotcha. So, I mean, I'm sort of looking at it as potential, and so I'm thinking Mechie, but in general, I don't really expect any of these guys to be flex starts unless it's like a certain matchup. And Matt, uh, and Matt Matt's not here. Well, hey, Ali, <laughs> um, Mechie Collins, what? What about you? Where are you on those guys? Do you think that there is concerns with Mitch's uh, injury that it might be a slower rookie season and Collins out outproduces him, or are you just going to bank on the the talent and the draft capital to pull through and get him the op- uh, opportunities? I'll go with Collins just for this just for this year. To, uh, I did like a few things that he he showed last year, um, but there's no doubt in John Mitch the talent, and I think he's probably. The cheapest you're going to get him because as soon as he sees the field, his value is going to going to go up. So, um, if there is any injury concerns from anybody, I think he was drafted in third rounds of rookie drafts. Sometimes snuck in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's pretty good value if you want to bank on the talent and, and the draft capital. I think I think John Mechie will, will be fine and he could overtake Cooks eventually as as the wide receiver one on on this team. Yeah, I've just had a quick look, and Mechie and Cooks are actually very close in size. Uh, and actually, I think both are actually better as outside wide receivers, potentially mm-hmm. uh, stretching the field, um, decent route runners as well. So I wonder if Mechie's going to be the long-term replacement for Cooks in that, in that team. Maybe um, maybe it'll be a struggle to see who does play the slot for the, for the Texans and 
Um, maybe it'll give more of an opportunity to the next guy we're going to discuss, Howie. Yeah, so Brevin Jordan uh, heading into to year two. He, he showed flashes last year. Do, do you think he can become a tight end one in Dynasty if he's given the start and role? It appears that he's in line for it. And do you hold many shares of, of Jordan? Do you do you like him? I'm going to have to go with no on the tight end one just because I keep looking at the amount of tight ends. And the middle tier tight ends always don't produce as well as we think they will. But that like includes people like Gronk, who's unsigned, Zach Ertz, Noah Fance, Logan Thomas even, Irv Smith Jr., Albert O. And those are all middle tier tight end twos for ADP wise in 2022. So really, if I could move Revan Jordan for any of those guys, including I think Gronk would be an interesting trade right now, just with him being unsigned, I would. Because I just I don't really see any high expectations from him going into this season or really in the future, to be honest. Yeah, I um I, I tend to agree with that. I think last year we saw some flashes of him where I think it was three out of his nine games, he had double digit PPR points. And and so we saw um him finish in around that tight end one range. But when you look at his production, it was heavily relying on touchdowns and relying on on efficiency. Um, was tight in 16, 16 in fancy points over expected per game. And, and so a lot of that is driven by what he did as a score, but the volume wasn't there. It was only 9.7% of that target share that he had. And, and when you look at uh, what they have currently there, uh, you know, Davis Mills is the quarterback, but they weren't, they didn't um, lose all that much in, in total targets. I think they did lose quite a few guys. And, and so there's opportunities there for him to take over, but I think it's still going to be Cooks. It's still going to be Collins. And then you do have, um, you know, potentially a running back mixing in there. It's just, it gets pretty crowded where none of these guys I can see really outside of cooks kind of projecting as, as, and taking on more opportunities. And, and so that's where, um, I'm not as, as excited about Brevin drone because we didn't see much last year. Um, and, and he's only as a day three pick once again, um, it, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting with him. I, I do think he's, he's worth stashing in time premium leagues. That's where I have him in one of my leagues. Um, but I'm not holding on to him in in some of those. I guess I shouldn't say that. It depends on how deep your bench is. But I'm not holding on to him to a lot in a lot of those one tight end leagues where if he's your third tight end and you, you know, there's a potential wide receiver running back on on the on the waiver wire. I'd rather have that than than Jordan. Yeah, Jordan's an interesting guy. It was it was highly thought of before the draft last season. Then he fell after yeah, yeah. Um, sliding in the draft. Um, tight end won it it's come a few times today that you don't have to do a lot to have a tight end one season in a, in a one-off season, but for him mm-hmm. to make the jump and be a tight end one in dynasty, I really struggle for that just based on where he was drafted in real life and um, everything like that. I expect that the Texans continue adding talent as they sort of get in, get back into a winning mode as such. Um Obviously, if you pose a question, I just want to know like how many shares or of the shares you've got of Brevin Jordan. If you if you had him, what's the move that you're making uh, to to trade away from him? If you're concerned, I actually looked and I don't have him. I agree with Marvin that if I could stash him in a tight end premium, potentially start to it in, I would. I, I really do like the Gronk trade right now. I think that makes a lot of sense if you can do it. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think. He, I don't know what his value would be at this point, even in tight end premium league. It, it can't be that much. I was going to look at some of the recent trades that have happened with him on sleeper, but you know, it's it. Uh, I can't imagine you can get more than a third at this point. And and I think you know, a third round pick is such a 
such a gamble <laughs> in what you can get there. I mean, sometimes you can get some some decent guys there, but if you can, you know, like hypothetically, if you could get like Brevin Jordan, uh, trade Brevin Jordan in a third for a second round pick, future second, I would do that. Um, if someone, you know, feels really confident in him and, and what he can bring, um, you know, I'm looking at trades here. Brevin Jordan for Brian Edwards happened apparently a couple of days ago. Like I'd honestly prefer Brian Edwards, even though that's like it, both guys didn't really produce early on. And so it's like, it's this point, I think you can only get guys that are, uh, are more um, gambles for dynasty purposes, yeah. but I'd rather than if you're not in a tight end premium league, rather have the wide receiver running back in that, in that case. So yeah, uh, I, I actually had someone message me last night saying, what, what do you, what do you want? For Brevin? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> for, what's your asking price for Brevin Jordan? I've got one share of Brevin Jordan and um, yeah. So he's asked me what my asking price is. I haven't got back to him yet, but um, hopefully he's not watching this show. Cause he won't be, he won't be expecting to pay too much. <laughs> I think it's an interesting way with Jordan. The fact that he's going Titan 21, I think a keep trade cut. He's going around guys like Jelani Woods, Greg mm. Dulcich. Um, they're my tight end two and three uh, out of the incoming class. Um, what would be the consensus out of us us four? Would you rather have Jordan or would you rather uh, roll again and go for one of those two? Yeah, uh, for me, it's it's easily Dulcich and then uh, Woods, either one of those guys over Jordan um, because those guys um, receive better draft capital. I think they are better uh prospects as a whole even just when you look at their product well i shouldn't say jelani woods because <laughs> that wasn't super productive in college but dulcich is for me i'm really high on dulcich and what he brings and um you know i'm i think any of those guys have upside because they were drafted higher they're younger um young but they're all three of them are young but at, le- at, at least the, the draft capital projects better for opportunity with those guys where you know you think about Matt Ryan liking uh, liking his tight ends quite a bit. You could you could potentially see a connection there even in his rookie year. And 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 uh, Dulcich with Russell Wilson is a pretty great uh, landing spot as well. Um, so I'm I'd rather have the upside with those rookies. And and maybe I, it's recency bias because of the unknown. But um, de- I definitely have those two ranked higher in my dice rankings than um, than uh, Brevin Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think re-rolling the dice in a way is a better path, especially with unproductive rookies year one. Uh, and I, I do like Dolce's better out of all three of those that you mentioned. Um, so, yeah, I'd re-roll the dice if I could. Yeah. Ale, what do you think? I've got uh, Woods and Brevin Jordan in the same tier, so I would move, I'd move sideways for Woods, definitely. I think Jelani Woods has got a great chance with, with Matt Ryan. How about yourself, Kev? Um, yeah, I've got Woods the highest out of these out of these three. I'd I'd re-roll and, and just go for the unknown of Woods. Plus, he's landed on a great team for for tight ends, and we might be talking about our team very soon. <laughs> Spoiler great, alert! Great that, transition. Great transition. <laughs> yes. In case you didn't know, we're going to talk about the Colts now. So um, I'll be kicking us off at that spot. QB. Um, his name's Cup on this show already. Matt Ryan. Um, he was traded for peanuts to, to go to the the uh, to the Colts to replace Carson Wentz. Personally, from a real life point of view, that's a, an upgrade in my eyes. Uh, but we're not talking about real life; we're talking about dynasty. So, um, Matt Ryan, he's just turned thirty-seven. It's still actually a decent age for QB when you look at uh, Tom Brady, Big Ben, etc. Um, playing towards the forties, um, and Matt Ryan's got two years left on his current deal. 
You've also got the former Colts QB, Carson Wentz, um, also very low in value at keep trade cuts. So I just want to know out of those two, the, the previous and the current, Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz, who you prefer in Dynasty? Um, yeah, for me, I, I would actually prefer Matt Ryan right now. I think they're both very close in my rankings and and both have lost value over, over the last couple of years. But when you look at what Matt Ryan did last year outside of you know, taking a bunch of sacks. Um, he was the QB 16 in completion percentage over expected, so fairly accurate, slightly above average there. Um, and, and then when you look at his supporting cast now, I mean, this is so much better than what he had last year where you could theoretically see him be um, a borderline QB1 again. Um, and and like you said, 37 isn't that that old. Um, I think I could he could still play a couple more years here. I don't think he's really shown... Uh, significant signs of, of really slowing down. And when you add in Michael Pittman Jr., hopefully a healthy Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, who we might talk about here in a little bit too. Um, and then obviously the, the the dominance of Jonathan Taylor taking away from keeping defenses honest and forcing them to, to have to defend Jonathan Taylor. And then, that, you know, you have a, I think most importantly, a much better offensive line there with the Colts 13th best and adjusted sack rate last year. And And I don't see that changing all that much here. Um, so Matt Ryan, to me, I think has the better overall situation. You could argue Washington has the better wide receiver core potentially with McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel. But um, as a whole, though, I think I, I like what I what I see here with Matt Ryan and and the potential. I think he also had a long term deal or we signed a long term deal here. Um, so there's at least that that security for the next couple of years for Dynasty. So uh, I'm going to agree again. Uh, it's nice having Marvin on the show with me because, you know, if we just keep agreeing, he seems to like I'm smarter. So I'm just going to you know, get through with it. But uh, no, I definitely agree. Matt Ryan, I like his weapons better. Uh, I think in general he plays better at quarterback than Carson Wentz does. And yeah, two years left on the deal, 37. I'm honestly going to go for it. I think Wentz is a good quarterback in general to grab for competing teams that need depth in like a super flex league. But you better not pay more than like a second right now. Like, <laughs> don't don't be paying too much money for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how about you, Ali? Yeah, I definitely prefer Matt Ryan. I mean, Carson Wentz was the quarterback fourteen last year on this team, and they've they've sort of upgraded the valid added Alec Pierce, who I quite like. So I think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback. So I can see him finishing as a low low quarterback one. That's probably his ceiling and. You'd be happy with with where he's going, and especially on keep trade cut below Davis Mills. He's obviously very cheap to acquire, and if you're going to have him for for two years, he he could be a decent quarterback too for you. How about you, Kev? Yeah, I mean Matt Ryan's two spots ahead of Wentz at keep trade cut. I think that's absolutely fair based on mm. what he's done with the Falcons over a long period of time. The fact that he's a really safe QB. Um, Wentz is on his what third team in three years, including. Um, his best friend Frank Reich stab, stabbing a, a a dagger in his back, and um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it, it's pretty ominous for Wentz. I, I think he, I'm trying to tell myself a story where Wentz would be a better option if you're thinking for ceiling and you're thinking about one season only potentially. If both hit the best they could, maybe Wentz has got a higher ceiling on a one-off chance. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still taking Matt Ryan just just because. Carson Wentz like really scares me. He's, he's someone that I won't be taking in any startups. Even if he fell, I don't think I'd take. I'd rather just punt on an unknown like uh, maybe Malik Willis and just 
see what happens in a few years' time. Or, or maybe uh, Jameis Winston would quite like that do it as well. So we'll move on from Matt Ryan. We'll we'll come and talk about an absolute beast and keep keeping on the theme of absolute beasts, Ali. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kev. Um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. We we can't go anywhere else with it. The clear consensus RB1 in Dynasty right now. Um, is there an argument to be had that he's a sell this offseason? If you think that I personally can't see his value ever going up as high as it is right now. Um, so if you were to sell him this offseason, what would a trade look like where you'd be happy to sell him on? So an example is maybe Swift plus a 2023 first. Would you want more on top of that? I actually like the Swift plus the 2023 first. Um, it's always hard to move people at their peak value. Like uh, you think CMC a couple years ago, but mm. it's, it's just going to go down. That's what happens every two, three years. His value is going to drop. Uh, Swift to me feels it is a drop, but not a ton. I even like, you know, speaking of CMC, CMC and a 2023 first for JT. I think you can honestly get more on top of that if you're trying to move JT, but uh dynasty the goal is to keep building a dynasty and by moving these top end players that is in my opinion how you can do it while still maintaining production across the board yeah um i i like that swift trade as well and i think part of that is because when i try to trade some of these guys that have you know upside ton of dynasty upside peak value right i i want to get an additional asset in return like a 2023 first and a great running back class as well but then not a massive drop off in production. I think that's what you're getting. Like Jacob, what you said was Swift, where um, for me, he's my RB4 in, in Dynasty right now. Jonathan Taylor, obviously RB1. I think there's a decent gap there. But um, what he did last year, I feel, is really underrated at this point. I mean, this includes one of his one game where he he left early, but he was still the RB10 in PPR points per game, averaging 16 points per game. That's pretty solid. Um, only 23 years old. Um, and, and if you can get an, an additional piece in return where you can get a shot at a a young wide receiver, a young running back um, next year. That's that's absolutely something you can uh, you should explore. Um, uh, but on the flip side, it's hard to let someone like Jonathan Taylor go, uh, <laughs> just because the game winning upside, the matchup winning upside that he gives you uh, for a contender. I would, I definitely wouldn't trade him just because he helps you now and gives you the potential for long term too. You don't have too many guys that have that great balance of of both current and future upside. Um, but, you know, another guy I want to throw out here, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts, is Brees Hall, um, someone who I like quite a bit. And if you can get, um, like, a Brees Hall and maybe a Traylon Burks and, like, a, a you know, another piece or something like that, I don't know if that's uh, – if the Jonathan Taylor manager would even like that. But, I, I you know, if I would personally – I wouldn't mind taking the gamble on Brees Hall if you can get another solid piece in return. Because I – personally, if I projected, Brees Hall's younger, I think th- – three years younger, two and a half years younger, which is crazy. Um, and so then that gets you the long-term upset as well. Great situation. Again, sorry, Matt, about Michael Carter, but I, I do think <laughs> some, you know, that that's a trade I would explore another younger guy plus a first plus a high upside wide receiver. And, and um, it's a gamble for sure, but it might help you out long-term if you're rebuilding. Yeah, Marvin, I think I channeled some inner mind control and because I was just going to talk to Ali about something <laughs> he put out in, on Twitter, I think it was this week or last week, where the, the question was Jonathan Taylor or Breeze Hall in a 23 first. Um, so it's basically That's right, it's yeah. basically what you're thinking. Um, <laughs> now, I, I was on the, the Breeze Hall and 23 first. Um, it was about 50 50, wasn't it, Ali, in general, mm-hmm. as to what people mm-hmm. thought. But um, yeah, 
if I'm tearing down from Taylor to the next tier, guys like Brees Hall, Javante, Swift, mm-hmm. and a 23 first, I'm just going to gamble at this stage and think, you know what, that could be the, the 112 in a really good class, which it's given me another shot to add value. It could be Bijan Robinson as well. I mean, if you can get that and if you can get that and and Brees Hall, heck yeah, man. <laughs> I'd love that. I feel like that's a very doable trade, especially right now with I feel like some people have softened on Brees Hall a little bit. Like it's sort of like the hype is like building like crazy. So I think that's doable actually. Mm-hmm. It's not unrealistic. Ali, on that trade, um <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall twenty three first. What side were you on? What did you vote? Oh yeah, Brees Hall and 23 first. I I would be Jonathan Taylor. It was fifty one percent to forty nine percent. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of them where it's, it divided the the people that voted. There was pretty good arguments on both sides to be honest. But I would probably just take I'll take the risk because Brees Hall is maybe not generational like Jonathan Taylor, but he's going to be still a top end runner back on a ascending offense that I'm starting to trust. I think that. You've just got to put a bit of faith in in what they're doing at the Jets, and I think that he could be this time next year. He could be the dynasty runner back too, I mean, pretty close to Jonathan Taylor. I'll just I'll just throw the throw like the the flip of of this question to uh, to Marvin and Jacob. Just thinking like if you have got a Javante, a Swift, somebody like that, would you actually put extra to go up and get Taylor? Is that a move you actually want to do? Uh, when you think about it and put yourself in those shoes of moving up to get this absolute star that's um, safer than the guys below him. Um, it, maybe a 24 first, we'll say, just to make it a little bit, a bit, bit sweeter. <laughs> I would say, like, sort of where I'm thinking about this is more league-specific. Like, if you're only starting seven, eight players, heck, yeah, I'm going to move up if I have the depth for it. Mm-hmm. If I can move someone like a Rondell Moore and a Swift for JT, I probably would, to be honest um marvin may not but i probably would uh <laughs> other than that like if it's a deeper league i probably stay put because they're gonna want like a 2023 first and probably a 2023 second on top of swift or Devonte to get jt so i'd probably stay put yeah i no, actually i i might agree there too um but i do think it's it's definitely league and, and team dependent and when i think about if you're a contender and you have a lot of depth of running back you know combine some of those for for uh jt like if you can get a swift and, and you add in i don't know like a fournette i mean that feels like a little bit of an overpay right now but the long term um you know the, what the upside of jonathan taylor is at, if you're contending right now he'll give you two three maybe even four years of, of solid production before he starts to decline i i want that on my team uh you know the one thing is though like when i look at my i don't have a single share of, of jonathan taylor so full disclosure and i've tried to trade for him so badly like i throw two <laughs> two for ones three for ones like you, you you know i'm trying obviously i'm trying to like not show all my cards and give them the best players immediately but still like they're not budging they they don't want to get rid of jonathan taylor and, and these are even teams that aren't necessarily contending and and if you're not contending that's where i could see the scenario of let's trade jonathan taylor now because if you're not going to contend until maybe I don't know, 2025, 2026. You don't want Jonathan Taylor at that point, I think, because his value might may have declined by then. But they're still not trading him because it's Jonathan Taylor. It, it's hard to move off from him. Um, 
but man, if I, you know, if you can, if, if he, someone puts him on the trade block, go after him because I think his man, he, he's so good, but it's just so tough to trade for in my opinion. Marvin brought up a good point with like, if you're a non-contending team with Jonathan Taylor, move him for like a Brees Hall in a 2023 first. Don't be mm-hmm. stingy and stubborn and say, Oh, he's Jonathan yeah. Taylor. Be like, well, your team's going to be non-contending for years and years and years because you're not trying to accumulate more value on your team. So definitely try to be like conscious of what your goal is with your team. Not just, Oh, let mm-hmm. me have this cool name on my team. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're still going to finish 12, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, not even close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. He's definitely an interesting guy, is JT. I can see the argument of both sides of if you've got him, move off him. But I can also see if you've got him, keep him and, and win a ship. So, mm-hmm. um, speaking of players that you might want to keep to win a ship, I'm not not quite sure if, uh, if this guy fits the bill, but um, Michael Pittman, wide receiver 17 last year, wide receiver 18 at market value. Um, just want to know if he's worth that price or, or was last season a product of um or the the lack of competition and maybe he is riskier than the market suggests yeah um for me that's around where i have him in my dynasty ranking so i think that's right where he he should be priced um you know the the what i love about him is that he didn't necessarily fully rely on like efficiency like hyper touchdown efficiency or anything like that it was his production came from true volume and in a significant jump in volume where he almost had a little under 26% of the team's targets. Like you said, though, it's possible a part of that was by the lack of competition. But then again, um, based on what they've done here this offseason and who they haven't brought brought back, um, 30.6% of their targets are currently available with guys like Hilton, Zach Pascal, Jack Doyle no longer on the team. Um, not to say all of those will go to Michael Pittman, but he, I could see a scenario where he'll maintain his current volume at around 25% of the team's targets. And then Alec Pierce and Paris Gamble, who comes back healthy, hopefully, um, will kind of fight for that 30.6% that's left over. Um, and I could realistically see that, you know, Alec Pierce, 15%, Paris Gamble, 15 and then 25.7% uh, to, uh, that's specific, that's what we had last year for Michael Pittman. And then, um, you know, th- that's it. that's me looking forward that's the exact percent he'll get but no uh um and then you have the running backs mixed in i i still think he could be that guy and and i wasn't into michael pittman because of what his rookie year was really unproductive in my opinion and and that doesn't bode well but he took the jump he's here now i i'm fine investing in him and holding on to him he's not someone i'm trying to trade high quote unquote uh because it's not like you can get all that much anyways um you can't get him at wide receiver one value or trade him for that just hold on to him. And I think he'll be a wide receiver too again this year. Yeah. Yeah. Wide receiver team feels about right. Uh, one player I would rather have than him is someone like a Bateman, uh, which oh, yeah. Bateman below him. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Even potentially some rookies like a Garrett Wilson or some of those other guys is, is interesting. I, I think mm-hmm. Pittman will be more productive this year though. Uh, one trade though, that I thought about was what if you did like Pittman for cooks and a 2023 first, like, what do y'all think about that? Cause oh. it's like, it's Smash. like you're getting, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're adding a first, but then you're losing like five years. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, if you can get a first for that though, I don't mind it because I still think cooks will be as productive, you know, maybe slightly less productive this year. And, and then you get 2023 first. I think it's not a big drop drop off where you, where you need to worry about it I, i'd take that does it feel doable feels doable to me mm, i don't know what do you guys think mm. 
literally, I'm thinking I might do Pittman for a, a 23 first straight up. Yeah, so am I. That's just because I love that class. It's, and maybe I'm a little bit lower on on Pittman than, yeah, than sure. the consensus. Um, yeah, Alec, where are you at with Pittman versus the rookies? So I was actually about to say that. You've you've Ooh. somehow read my mind because in, in one of my leagues... Um, Michael Pittman just got traded for Jameson Williams straight up, and um, interesting. I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on Jameson Williams, and I've got him ranked ahead of Michael Pittman in Dynasty. So, Mm -hmm. I quite, I quite like that move to be honest. So, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think those guys are kind of um, not necessarily back to back, but kind of uh, maybe a tier apart for me. Um, I still have, as of right now, Pittman a little higher, uh, but it's not where a big drop-off where I think Jameson Williams, if he was fully healthy, would be the potentially top-tier wide receiver in this class. Um, right now, there's a little uncertainty. So I think you could potentially trade Pittman for Jameson and maybe another piece in some of those leagues. And um, at that point, I'm fine taking the gamble of the younger guy with the, the significant upside um, when Jameson Williams. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a great trade if you can kind of quote-unquote trade down which i don't think it even is that big of a trade down yeah i think you're getting like an injury just dis- injury discount and then like someone like an adam Thielen would be an interesting addition on the, mm-hmm. the side so yeah i mean I, it feels lateral ish to me and i mean it just depends on who you like yeah mm-hmm. I, i've got negative stigma towards michael pittman not that i dislike him or anything <laughs> but after, that ru- after the rookie season i think he I think it didn't really um, shine for me. He had a lot of opportunities as a rookie and, and didn't didn't quite yeah. hit it off. And I sold him for like the two hundred eight to Matt. Um, and <laughs> it was it was this class where oh, it was loaded yeah. in the second. The the second round was full of talent. And then as we got closer and closer to the draft, anything after two hundred five was a disgrace. So um, I actually tried trading for Pittman back from Matt and he just basically laughed in my face so um we're going to move on from Pittman because it's, it's getting me upset but um <laughs> we'll keep it wide receiver and it's a guy that's going to make you quite happy isn't it Ali? Yeah so it's Alec Pierce um just want to get a gauge of whether you're fans of Alec Pierce I've I'm pretty high on him I've, I've picked him up quite a few times in the second round of rookie drafts the middle to the to late I personally think he's a pretty similar guy to Pittman. And how do you how productive do you think he can be from from game one, really? Because he looks like he could fit in as that wide receiver too if um Paris Campbell's not fit. He's an interesting one for me, especially like rookie wide receivers. I feel like we got spoiled this last year with rookie wide receivers producing. Uh I still could see him being like a wide receiver three, so definitely flexible, mm-hmm. flex worthy, like startable for sure. I still think Pittman will be like a wide receiver too though so it's like someone that I would want to have my team I think second round is where he should have been going like more earlier because people like yeah. Pierce who we talked about was bumping up ahead of him because everybody loves a running back in a good situation and we forget people like you know I'm just not even going to go with names CEH was the first person that popped in my head but anyways <laughs> uh just like yeah I think he's he's a good person to have on your team and if I had him I'd be excited yeah I I'm not as high on him. Um, not, not well. I shouldn't say that. I, I think he's to me still a 72nd percentile a prospect in my model, and he's wide wide receiver 13. But that's not a bad thing because it's just a deep class. Um, there are other guys I'd like over him, but in in this situation, I think 
I, you know, I talked about kind of the vacated opportunities there where I think with his draft capital, he could assume a, a chunk of that. I don't know if it'll be like, you know, we've seen this past year, several wide receivers get that 20% mark in target share, but I don't think he'll get there. I think Michael Pittman's still the guy, not to say he can't have those flex worthy games every now and then as a fill in. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think about it again, Alec Pierce is a, is a decent prospect and, and it was super productive or consistently productive was never truly dominant uh, at Cincinnati, but um, still the second round draft capital is hard to ignore. That's why in, in, you know, we talked about Damian Pierce. I'd rather have Alec Pierce over Damian Pierce. I mean, it's funny Pierce or Pierce, <laughs> but uh, I'd rather have the wide receiver with the second round draft capital um, and, and the solid production um, in an opportunity here who could, where he could eventually be the, the solid wide receiver two behind Pittman. And, um, you know, in a great offense. So I like him quite a bit. Um, and I think the value can get him in dynasty drafts right now where late second sometimes, um, I think that's that's great value for him. Would, would you prefer him over a guy we spoke about earlier in John Mechie? Uh, no, I'd rather have John Mechie. I think they're, they're very close to me. I think what Mechie did um, uh, in his final year kind of was, if he hadn't gotten injured, I think he would have been like, it, well, I should say that part of that is, he obviously had Jameson Williams there, but what he did alongside Jameson Williams was super impressive in my opinion. So that's why I'd rather have the upside of Mechie over Pierce, but they're, they're literally what two, two spots apart in my rankings for, for rookie draft. So um, yeah, definitely both guys should be taken in the mid second, in my opinion, uh, late second at the very latest and definitely not after day three running backs or, or I, I don't know who else is going ahead of them, like quarterbacks in one QB leagues. No, let, let's take the wide receiver. <laughs> Mechie just kept falling in drafts I was in too. Like there was sometimes mm. you get him late third. Like I think I drafted him at 3.09 oh, yeah. in one draft. And I was Crazy. like, what is going mm-hmm. on? So at like draft value, I like Mechie, but in general, I'm still gonna go with Pierce. Uh, but they're they're close. I'm with Marvin. Very close. Yeah, me and you liked uh Alec Pierce for draft, didn't we, Ali? I think mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. me personally, I've kind of I've kind of zigzagged where everyone's probably lower on Pierce and then they've seen the Colts and the draft capital and gone up. Mm-hmm. I was probably higher on him and sort of stayed level or, or gone down a little bit just because um, at least the role, I don't understand the role, to be honest. I think I don't think he's a Z receiver. I think he's more of a down the field. He's like a Michael Pittman sort of guy, a big target. So mm-hmm. I'm just a little bit unsure of the role with him. I think I've got Mechie miles ahead of him one spot. One spot ahead, so <laughs> nice, nice win for Mechi on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, how about you, Ali? You say you've got him in all. You've got him in a lot of drafts. You mentioned, um, yeah. Are you? Are you? Are you thinking maybe not to have him in hundred percent of leagues? Or um, mm-hmm. again, it's... What, like would you just keep taking him and taking him at value, or would you sort of diversify a bit? Um. It just it got to a point where I think I've probably got four shares of him where I wanted a couple and then it got to the back of the second round and I was like, well, I've got to take him again and again. So <laughs> that's where I've got him. So in yeah. those couple of leagues, I'll look to try and flip him when he hits the field and has a few productive games. Uh, I think he's got a path to production from this year. So, um, so yeah, I'll look to, to flip him on in a couple of leagues and probably keep him in, in another two. Good stuff. We're going to come on to tight ends of the Cox now. Now, um, I was going to talk about Mo Cox a little bit and 
Kylan Granson, but um, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. So Jelani Woods, I'm a big, <laughs> big, big, big fan of his. He's a big dude, so I've got to be a big fan. Um, just want to get your guys' thoughts on his ceiling in Dynasty. Can he ever be a tight end one? It's a similar question to Brevin Jordan, but um, also the second part of the question is, would you actually take him in a rookie draft or is he someone that you're sort of swerving when he doesn't hit year one or year two because he's a tight end who's young, then go after him then? Yeah, for me, I I agree with what you said that I'd rather have Jelani Woods over those other guys. I think we've... Um, Granson was a day three pick, if I remember right. So Mo Ali Cox, we've seen what four years of him not really emerging. Um, but you know, it's crazy to think like these guys are all like what six, seven or, or taller as that tight end. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you guard that first of all? But um, and defend that. But um, the you know, with John Lonnie Woods, at least you have the the upside with him, where I think um, he's still very raw tight end. He played quarterback, I think, early on in his career and in transition to tight end, right? And so um, his best season in college was only 13.5% of the receiving yards market share, had 27% of the touchdown market share in his final year there in Virginia. So there's upside there, top-tier athlete. And and among all the position players and, and skill positions, tight end athleticism matters the most. Athleticism matters the most for tight ends. And so seeing that from him projects, you know, for me, a lot of upside. And, and at this point, in an offense where they use the tight end, pretty heavily um, where I could see him slotting in as that third option in the passing game. I'd rather have that long-term than, than, you know, holding on to Mo Ali Cox uh, to your last question. Would you draft him in, in, in your dynasty drafts? I definitely would. Um, I don't think you have to reach for him either. I think in the late third uh, over some of those day three guys, I'd rather have a, a tight end who got better draft capital in that case, because he could still be a difference maker at a position where there's, you know, we talked about Brevin. The fact that we're talking about Brevin Jordan means there isn't a lot of talent towards the bottom of, <laughs> of, for tight end. And so Jelani Woods at least projects and has some upside. So I'd rather have him than a lot of those tight ends that really might only give you a year or two of, of modest, modest production. Yeah, I think the athleticness of Jelani Woods is like the main factor on why I like him. Uh, 89th uh, 40-yard dash score, 24% speed score. Uh, it just seems like he can have potential to make that jump. He'll probably be like every other tight end, touchdown dependent, matchup dependent for the first year. Maybe we'll get lucky by year two. Uh, Matt Ryan also tends to like to utilize his tight ends. Colts system tends to like to throw touchdowns to their tight ends. So, I mean, there's a decent chance. I wouldn't expect him to be a tight end one. Dynasty-wise, he could potentially make the jump, but then again, that's like, the difference between tight end six and tight end 18 is nothing like you're just speculating by then so mm-hmm. and, and ali if you if you're drafting jelani woods this uh this off season is he a guy that you can keep on your active roster as your tight end three or are you thinking tight end straight onto taxi squad forget about him for a year yeah i mean ideally i'd like to move him onto taxi squad um i think there is a role for a tight end on this team so I just looked at Jack Doyle. He was the tight end seven in in 2017. I know it was a long time ago, mm-hmm. but it just shows that the, the Colts do use the tight end position. And um, I mean, he's got a lot more talent than, than Jack Doyle has. So, yeah, I think he's worth the shot in what the fourth round of, of rookie drafts and just to stash him away. And you never know. He's massive dude. He's athletic. <laughs> he could He could be someone that produces a little bit in year one. So, 
Um, at that point, you've got a decision to make whether you put him on your active roster uh, or you just look to, to flip him and sell him on. Yeah, that, that tight end room, it wouldn't look out of place on a basketball court, either, would it? So, <laughs> I think Molly Cox played basketball, actually, so um, yeah, he might end up in it. Well, he's not going to end up in the NBA, but uh, he, might be out, he might be out of a job. He might be able to play in the park or something po- like that. Post-football career. There you go. NBA, uh, small forward, Molly Cox. <laughs> Hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's um, Well, that wraps up the Colts, actually. It wraps up... Um, the AFC South as well, and, and your time on the stream. So a big thank you to both of you, Marvin and Jacob, for coming on and talking Texans and the Colts. I'm glad I've been able to catch you this year. Uh, it's been really nice to chat. But before you go, please let the audience know about uh, where they can catch you and what you've got uh, planned in the future. Go for it, Jacob. Oh, I'll go first. Uh, you can catch my articles and rankings on Dynasty Nerds. Uh, not doing podcasting anymore. I mean, if people invite me on, I'll hop on. Not really on Twitter a whole lot either, but feel free to message me. Uh, in general, <laughs> I did a couple of article series on like productive struggles and how I had some team builds over a couple of years type of thing. Check them out. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. I really like the streamathon, and uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for for having us here and and you know for for doing this and and in support of, of mind charity is just really cool and definitely donate to that if you guys haven't yet. And, um, for those that are listening and, and also, you know, yeah, f- you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Marvin E. My articles are on the fancy footballers currently going through a series right now of, of skill position usage and efficiency. So, uh, wide receivers and running backs are out. So definitely check those out. Um, but yeah, that's, it will all find its way on Twitter at some point and rankings are on dynasty nerds. So yeah, thank you guys for, for having us. This is awesome. No, appreciate that. Thank you for coming on, and we'll catch up again very soon. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for coming on, guys. All right. See you guys later. Take care. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.